Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 137. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of Lendit. Today's episode is sponsored by Lendit USA 2018, the world's leading event in financial services innovation. It's going to be happening April 9th through 11th. 2018 at Moscone West in San Francisco. We're going to be covering blockchain, digital banking, and of course, online lending, as well as other areas of fintech. There'll be over 5,000 attendees, over 250 sponsors, and registration is now open. Just go to lendit.com slash USA to register. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Matt Hollander. He is the director of Net Credit, which is part of Innova International. Now, Innova are a publicly traded short-term lender that many of us know, but NetCredit is their near-prime offering, and I wanted to get Matt on the show. Just NetCredit is, you know, they're doing some good things. They've got some decent scale, and I wanted to get Matt on just to talk about how they do things there, how they do things that are different. I mean, they've got a very interesting you know, bank partnership model where they use a bank for many states where they operate, and they have obviously a highly automated approach but they also believe in not doing it being 100% automated. So that's an interesting discussion. Here we talk about how they fund their loans, how they attract borrowers, the channels they use, and what the future holds for net credit. It was a fascinating interview. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate you having me. Okay, I'd like to get these things started by giving the listeners a little bit of background about yourself and, and what you've done in your career up to this point. Sure, absolutely. So first, you know, my, my, my education is not in finance, it's in engineering. Uh, so I studied industrial engineering, but what I found in my career is that there's, there's a lot of parallels and I've been able to leverage that education a lot in terms of analytics and, and a focus on data-driven decisions. So my first job out of college was with Capital One and mm-hmm. I was working on product strategy in their card division, specifically direct mail. So what I did there is I worked on developing rewards programs, doing customer segmentation, and really understanding what customers were looking for in a credit card product. From there, I went to business school, and after that, uh, I joined Innova. And what was really appealing to me about Innova as an organization overall was, you know, the fact that they were they were cutting edge in terms of technology and analytics. They operate an online model. Uh, they, had a, they, they were in financial services, uh, which kind of allowed me to leverage my background from Capital One. And it really played into my strengths as well as my interest in, in business and more specifically the online model of, of service delivery. So my first role at Innova was part of the UK business. So in that capacity, I ran the strategy and product teams and ultimately led the business through the process of conforming to the new rules issued as the UK transitioned from the Office of Fair Trading, the OFT, to the Financial Conduct Authority. Mm-hmm. So that work was you know, really challenging and rewarding in that we were able to meet all the new rules that the, the FCA put out, uh, but also to continue to bring our great products and services to the customers who need them in the UK. So once the, the UK business was fully authorized, I, I was given an opportunity within Innova to take over as head of the net credit business. So the, the opportunity was exciting because net credit focuses on a different segment of customers and a different market, which presents entirely different challenges. So uh, in net credit, we are focused on 
uh, a near-prime customer, which is different than the UK, which is focused on a subprime customer. And then the challenges are a bit different in that the near-prime customer is someone who, you know, is in transition. Uh, they may have had, you know, pretty poor credit performance in the past, but now they're they're showing improvement. Or they might be customers that aren't aren't scored at all. And so it was really a compelling opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just step back before we get into net credit. I'd like to just get a little bit of you know, background about Anova. I know it's, it's a public company. It operates globally. And can you just tell us a little bit about Anova, the company? Sure. So Anova was started in, in 2004 with a single pay product in the U.S. Anova was really uh, at the, the, the lead in terms of what we now call fintech. So it was in fintech before fintech was really a, a word that we were using to talk right. about businesses like Innova. Mm-hmm. And so our advantage has always been using our technology and analytics to, to deliver best-in-class products to serve customers that others, you know, simply can't or won't. So that was 2004. You know, since 2004, a, a lot has changed. The one thing that hasn't is, is our mission. And so our, our mission here is to provide hardworking people with access to fast and trustworthy credit. But what has changed is that, you know, as you mentioned, Peter, that we're now a publicly traded company. And, you know, in that, that intervening time, we've, we've lent and we've served 5 million customers uh, over $20 billion in credit. We've also accumulated over 16 terabytes in, in data that we can leverage to continue to serve customers in need of the types of products that we offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to the, the U.S. products, uh, we now not only operate in the U.S., but as I mentioned before, we're in the UK and more recently Brazil. Across those geographies, we've got a number of different product types. So we've got installment, line of credit, single pay products, and we've also got products which are geared more towards small businesses. Uh, and then lastly, we've got a, a more recent business that we've launched called Innova Decisions. And the purpose of that business is to really allow us to deliver our expertise in technology and analytics to companies that are outside of our kind of traditional industry. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's, let's go back to net credit and then, you know, so net credit, you know, obviously, Anobi, you, you talked about the subprime and net credit is, is more of a near prime or you can tell me exactly where it fits, but what was the sort of story behind net credit and, and where it, where does it fit today in the overall company's picture? Yeah. So, NetCredit was started in, in 2012, and kind of the impetus behind the launch was that we realized there was an opportunity to help customers who are closer to prime, but still didn't have the access to credit they need to, to manage their finances responsibly. So if you, if you think about typical credit offerings being a ladder, uh, I think we're all very familiar with, with subprime, and there's a number of product categories to support customers uh, and consumers in that space. There's, there's auto, there's credit cards, there's, there's personal loans, among others all geared towards the subprime consumer. At the top of the ladder, we've got prime, uh, you know, and, and prime is, is really saturated with, you know, almost anything you can imagine to serve any, any sort of need for, for that prime consumer. So if I think about near prime, it, it's really kind of the proverbial missing rung in that ladder and that these are folks that, you know, may have previously had prime credit, but they've had challenges. These could be people that aren't yet scored by traditional bureaus, so they, they don't have a FICO or Advantage score uh, and it could also be someone that has been more of your traditional subprime customer that has more recently shown a, a, an ability and a willingness to handle their, their credit obligations more responsibly. So 
you know, really the, the goal of net credit and, you know, the way we think about the near-prime consumer is, is that middle rung of the ladder. Right. Got it. Got it. Okay. So then what, what is your role exactly? I mean, on, on your LinkedIn profile, it says director of net credit, but what does that actually mean and what is your role? Yeah. So, so my role is, is the head of the net credit business. So in this capacity, I'm, I'm responsible for saying the business and, and the product strategy for net credit as well as leading the efforts required to deliver against our, our financial plans. Mm-hmm. So in, in practice, what that means is that, you know, I, I leverage the, the amazing people that Innova has across a wide variety of disciplines to, to deliver the, the promise of net credit. So we've got some people that are focused on technology analytics and we've got some people that are, you know, focused on finance, but the, the positive results that, that we're getting are really a result of, of collaboration and innovation and execution across all these teams on, on a daily basis. So, you know, I'm just kind of the ringleader of a talented group of individuals to deliver net credit for right. ANOVA. Right. Okay. And so then just can you give us a sense of the, um, the range of the terms of these loans? Obviously, these are not, these are not single pay loans. You know, I see on your website, it goes up to $10,000. But so can you, like, what's, what's the duration of these loans? What are the typical APRs? Sure. So before I, before I get into the, the kind of the raw numbers behind the loans, you know, our, our typical customer, again, is, is a hardworking American who's working on improving their ability and willingness to repay. And so to, to generate our loan offers, our goal is to use, you know, a wide array uh, and diverse set of data to make a, a fair and responsible lending decision that, reflects the customer's kind of current reality versus where they've, where they've been. So we want to look at them today and, and not yesterday, right? So right. that's how we kind of think about the near prime as I, as I discussed before. So, you know, what's important to our customers is that, you know, they want flexibility and they want limited fees. So when we're presenting an offer to a customer, we're always giving them the ability to customize that offer to them. So we're going to present them with a, with a range of offers you know, that we deem appropriate in terms of the amount that they can borrow as well as the length that they can borrow it for. And then they're able to choose the, the combination of terms that's right for them. So that said, NetCredit offers loans that are between $1,000 and $10,000. Uh, we have terms between 12, 12 months and five years. Mm-hmm. And our price points range between sub-36 bank loans all the way up to 150% loans. So I think... You know, when you think about that that range, it's important to thinking about uh, again the journey, right? And we've talked about how a, a near prime customer is someone that could have previously been prime, they could be unscored, or they could be subprime. So, by trying to create a, a picture of where this customer is in their individual journey and think about where they are today, uh, maybe they they've demonstrated a, a more positive uh, or you know an increased willingness and ability to pay for a longer period of time. In which case, we hopefully will be able to price them at the lower end of that price, you know, and if this is someone that uh, has had more recent challenges in their, in their credit history, then we'll be able to price them at a higher price. But that range of prices really allows us to serve a, a broader range of customers with access to fair, fair credit products. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, these customers, you, you, you've talked about sort of, you know, they are people that have maybe had some challenges in the past and are getting back out of it or they're unscored or whatever. But can you? I know, we, like FICO score is not a perfect. It's, it's it's obviously not a not a not a perfect metric, but it, it's one that we use to kind of visualize where a customer sits, where, where a company sits, and what they're focused on. So, is are you sort of 
is your typical customer in like the 550 to 650 or can you give us some kind of sense of of where these customers fit on the curve yeah so the the vast majority of our, our customers are are non-prime right so prime is typically considered to be that 700 FICO range and we know that you know more than half of americans fall below so our customers are you know comfortably in that non-prime range i would say that we don't we don't have necessarily limits on who will serve relative to their FICO score because, again, our, our model is really predicated on, on our ability to individually score these customers and differentiate you know, our view on their riskiness as uh, someone to take on credit versus the traditional metrics. Mm-hmm. So we believe that our scoring capabilities, and, we, can, and we, we demonstrate this internally, that they outperform FICO for the customers that we serve. Right, right. So let's just talk about that then uh, a little bit. How are you scoring these customers, or how are you um, making credit decisions? And uh, you know, obviously, you're you're obviously rejecting some, and you're pricing others. What kind of data are you using? So we use all kinds of data. So you know, NetCredit's been around for five years, and it's been around for thirteen years, and you know, substantially all of our, our experiences in serving these non-prime consumers. So we've got a ton of experience here and we've got a ton of accumulated data uh, internally. So we, we leverage our internal data as well as, as external data. And, you know, we're, we're constantly evolving how we think about that data and how it plays into a decision. So during an application process, a customer will be filling out their application. Every step of the way, we are we're updating our view on this customer and their creditworthiness. And ultimately, uh, our decision is tailored to, you know, the combination of all the facts that we gather during that time. And, you know, by the time they complete that application, which could be a few minutes, we're able to make a, a provisional offer based on, on what we know at that time. Okay. Okay. So then how do you get to these people? How do you find, you know, find your typical customer? So... As I mentioned before, Peter, we've got a 100% online model. So we're acquiring customers through, you know, almost any digital channel that you could imagine. But where we're really putting our effort in terms of, you know, focus is making sure that our customers can find us when they need us. So since one of our goals and something that we're successful at is to help our customers graduate to prime products, you know, we're, we're always looking for new customers as we successfully move these people forward in their, their credit journey. Okay, so then, but you you don't offer a prime product inside the Innova family, is that correct? We don't. Yeah, so so one, for so you, the once you once you've graduated them, you you move them outside of your organization. Correct. Okay. Okay. So then, I'm curious about how how does that graduation process work? Like you, you know, someone comes in and they might get you know a, a three thousand dollar loan and it's you know a fifty percent interest rate. They pay that back. Are they then the next time they go for a loan? Are they going to? I mean, are they going to become suddenly outside of your your credit box? I mean, how how does the graduation? Well, I guess what I'm saying, what I'm really trying to get at is, how are you improving the financial lives of your customers? Sure, Peter. That's that's actually a great question. So, you know, as I mentioned before, when when we're underwriting a customer, right at the beginning of their journey, we're trying to get a, a picture of where they're at today so we can make a, a responsible and fair decision for them. But, you know, the, the goal is to help them move forward. I think the, the, the most important thing that we do for our customers is that we report to the credit bureaus. So every payment that this customer is making 
is, is establishing a positive credit history. And so, you know, we live in a, in a great country where there's tons of competition in the financial services space. And we've got, you know, banks and, and other credit providers scouring the bureaus on a monthly basis to find customers and, and, and targets that they can market to. So we're really counting on the, the robust financial services marketplace that exists in, in our country to give these, these customers access to kind of that next step of credit as other providers deem it appropriate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Then, so are you, are you operating in every state or what states, how many states are you operating in? So net credit products are currently offered in, in 30 states. I think something that, that's interesting is that while net credit products are offered in 30 states, that's different than net credit lending in 30 states. So in 14 states, net credit operates the direct lender. Uh, in these states, we are, we are licensed and regulated by the individual state. Uh, and then the, the other 16 states, net credit products are offered by our bank partner. So our, our bank partner has, you know, leveraged our experience and technology and servicing capabilities and, and the online model that we've become experts at over the last 13 years to offer their products to consumers uh, in ways that they, they don't have the internal capabilities to do. Okay, so that's interesting. So basically, you're, you're, when, you, when you go to your website, if you're, if, if you're in a state that operates, that operates under this banking model, is this, is this still a, is it a net credit process and the bank is really just making the loan or is it a co-branded process? How does it work? So when, if you're a customer applying for a loan in, in a state where the, the loans are offered by our banking partner, you are applying for that loan directly with the bank uh, and you are running through an application process, which is, is just dictated by them. So, you know, the, the bank is, is driving, driving the bus and making all the decisions and setting the criteria for, for those loans and they leverage our technology, our online platform and, and some of our analytic skills to do that. But ultimately, the, the customer is interacting with, directly with the bank. Now, it's offered under the net credit brand, and it is, you know, the, the products are fairly consistent between bank states and non-bank states, and the, the, the process to the customer is fairly seamless, but it, it is a, a process which is driven by the bank. So why, why have you done that? And obviously, there are some states where it's easier to operate than others as far as licensing goes, but what's the, what's the thinking behind having these, these two kind of models? So really, it's all about access, Peter. So in, in the states where we're able to, to act, operate as a direct lender, uh, we do so. And, you know, really, it's a win-win for us in the bank because these are customers that the bank would love to serve, right? But they don't have the, you know, historically have not invested in the, the technology and capabilities necessary to reach these customers. And mm-hmm. so, you know, by leveraging our platform and our experience, it, it allows them into these states as well. So it's it expands net credit's reach and allows us to, to reach more customers as a brand, but it also gives banks and the, the banking sector an opportunity to, to kind of move forward in terms of technology and capability and reach. Right, right. So, so as you expand beyond 30 states, are you, are you going to expand both of these programs? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're always looking for opportunities to expand our, our product offering, you know, and, and certainly in terms of the bank program, our partner has a lot to say in that. Right, right, Okay. Okay, so I want to talk um, a bit about technology because you know you, you've said this, you've said it several times so far that you know you're operating online. Um, I'd like to get some sense of of how automated the processes are, how you know how long it takes to, to for someone to get approved, and maybe you could just talk us through that that what happens once 
the you know, once the borrower's filled in the information and they've clicked apply for a loan? Sure. So I think the first thing I would point out is there there's there's a couple steps in this process. So in the first step, you know, I, I say that 100% of our underwriting is is automated and rules based. It's you know incredibly important that all applicants are considered on equal grounds, and so we don't have anywhere anyone that's that's looking at these applications and assessing their creditworthiness based on discretion. Everything is is based on a predetermined set of rules and is you know is a discrete decision that's that's kind of pre-made, if you will. As far as, as automation goes, because we kind of said now that we've got 100% automation, I think that we're, we're kind of differentiated by the fact that uh, at the end of the day, we are not actually 100% automated in terms of the process. So some lenders will talk about, and I'm sure you heard this before during these interviews, is that you know 100% of their decisioning is automated and the customer can get this loan without ever, you know, interacting with the, the lender one-on-one. And so I don't necessarily believe that that's the right approach. I think that there's a balance that can be struck between automation and human intervention. And in fact, I believe that we can serve more people by having a, a strong contact center and uh, loan processing specialists on staff to help customers do the application than we could if the, the process was truly 100% automated. When we start uh, an application with a customer, you know, we're we're hoping that the the data is available for us to to make all the decisions and the verifications that we need in an automated way. However, that's not the case for 100% of people. So, by having these these humans and you know these 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 people in our loan processing department working on applications where this data is not available, you know, we can partner with this, with the customer to get the information from them to allow us to make the the right decision for them. Okay, so then are you? I guess, are you going, like, what percentage are, are you doing it in a completely automated way? And then, in, so that's one question. The second part to the question is, are you then taking a proactive approach in all the ones that are not fully automated? You then reach out to the customer in a, a phone call or an email, or how does it work? Yeah, so, you know, most of our applications get through the process uh, with, with limited human touch. And then in the, in the instance where we require some additional documents to verify income or identity or something like that, we've got people staffed in the contact center that are reaching out via telephone and email with, to, to kind of talk with the customer and let them know the options that they have to keep their application moving forward. Okay. So then if someone's, I mean, I'm just, it's just curious to me that, you know, someone's doing a, like a $2,000 loan, for example, I mean, there's not a whole lot of margin in there, I imagine, for you to spend you know, an hour on the phone with, uh, with these people to, you know, to really help them through is, is I, I guess, I mean, maybe you can, you can answer my question, I guess, but is it for the more of the, the larger loans that you're doing more of this, more of this sort of handholding through the process or is it, or is it across the board? Yeah. So Peter, I think that that's a, that's a great question. And what it boils down to, I think is, is our mission, which is to provide access to credit. So we don't look at an application and say, you know, this is a larger dollar loan. This is a longer term loan. Uh, we've got an opportunity to make more money here. Really, we look at these applications as equal. And, and behind each application is, is a person that is in a situation that can be greatly helped with access to credit. And so our focus is on helping each customer as an individual get through the process and, and be there to answer those questions and, and be a partner with them because you know, ultimately, we're, we want to be a partner in their journey uh, towards Prime. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if, if they're going to be 
the the biggest loan or the smallest loan, uh, you know, we're going to give the same kind of customer service and customer experience to each one of our customers. Right, right. Okay. And so then how would you say, I mean, the, the, the near prime space is is somewhat competitive. It may not be as competitive as the prime space. I'll give you that. But there's certainly others that are, you know, that are in that are in this market. I mean, I had Ken Reese from Elevate on not uh, not that long ago, and there I know there are others as well. How do you differentiate between your company and the and your competitors in this space? That's a great question. So, I think the biggest differentiator is our experience. So, as I mentioned before, NetCredit has been in operation for about six years, but and Nova overall has been in operation for over 13 years. So, you know, as an organization, we've successfully moved through several economic cycles, and we've got a full suite of products to serve customers through their subprime and your in your prime journey. You know, and with NetCredit, I think the differentiator is we've got a, a fully customer customizable product that meets the needs and expectations of our customers. You know, we're we're licensed in the space that we operate in. We provide a range of products from a bank-issued installment all the way up to a 150% APR loan. And, you know, our focus is on being able to work with people no matter where they are in their journey towards crime. Okay. Okay. And then I just want to talk about the the funding of your loans. I, mean, I presume you're a balance sheet lender, right? You're, this is, you're not operating a marketplace. This is this is coming, all, this, all these loans are coming off your own balance sheet. Is that correct? So it's a good question. So historically, Inova's, Products have been short-term and they've generated significant operating cash flow. And so, you know, for the main part of the last 13 years, this has been how we've funded our originations. But as we've diversified our businesses and we moved into longer products, right? So when we're talking about net credit, we're talking about products which span from one year to five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the way that you fund these loans changes and, and the capital needs change. So what that means is that we've We've had to think through how to best fund these loans, and so many of our businesses, business units continue to generate significant operating cash flow, and, and that can be used to fund growth, but to further support our business strategies, such as net credit, which have longer-term, higher dollars, we've also developed access to cost-effective funding, so that includes securitization, senior-term debt, as well as bank revolver markets. Right. Okay. Okay. Can you give us a sense of of the scale you guys are at today? Like how how many, what sort of loan volume have you done? So, yeah. So, this is actually an exciting time to ask that question for us. Uh, We just hit a billion dollars in originations for net credit, uh, and it's a milestone that we're all really proud of. So, when we talked about uh, the typical term of a net credit loan, you know, being between one and $10,000, when you get to a billion, you can really think about the number of loans that we've made and the number of people that we've helped with our products and the amount of access that we provide to credit. So I think, you know, in, in terms of scale, getting to that billion-dollar mark was was a big win. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the biggest win, though, is, is really the number of customers that we've been able to serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Um, we're almost out of time. There's one, one, quest, one thing I'm curious about. You've got on, on your website here, um, you've got this thing called the My Right Fit Tool. Can you explain what, what that is? Sure. So I, I've touched on this indirectly a little bit before when we were talking about the application process, but the My Right Fit tool is part of every customer's loan application. So once we've, once we've determined that you know, they're, they're eligible for a loan, we're going to show them the My Right Fit tool. And within that, the, the parameters of the loan offer will be loaded. So what term they're eligible for and what loan amount they're eligible for and any combination thereof. And then the customer can fiddle around with this as much as they want and change it from a one-year loan to an 18-month loan 
uh, $1,000, $1,500, and then they can see what impact that has on the amount that they're going to be repaying uh, on a periodic basis, the, the total cost of credit on the loan. And again, it, it gets back to what we're trying to do, which is deliver the flexible loan and, and the right loan for that individual customer. So are you, are you finding most of your customers coming to you on mobile, or is it still a, a desktop-centric? Or how, what, what's the breakdown? Uh, yeah, so you know, well over half of our customers are, are coming to us on mobile. So mobile is a huge part of our strategy, and uh, we invest a lot of energy into ensuring that the experience that the customer has, you know, whether they come to us with a 15-inch screen or a 5-inch screen, is going to be consistent, and that they will have a clear understanding of the process and the questions they're being asked and and the offers that they're being presented with. And I think also important to mobile is. You know, one being being where customers are. You know, and you know, walking around the block in downtown Chicago at lunchtime. You know, people are on their phones. That's that's where people are. But two, it's also an expectation. So people expect to be able to log into their account through their mobile phone, make a payment, ask questions, see their balance, whatever it is. So really, we're just delivering what the customers expect at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So last question before I let you go: What does the future hold for for Net Credit? Where where are you taking this? So I think we're just going to continue to try to innovate on our, our current product set and, and continue to reach more customers. So, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about the, the milestone that we just reached with, with a billion and, and how important that was to us and our mission of, of providing access to, to, cut, to credit to underserved customers. And, uh, you know, really the focus is on you know, how do we move the business forward and, and hit more of those milestones and provide more extra credit for, for more hardworking Americans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good luck with that. On that note, we'll have to leave it there. I really appreciate you coming on the show today, Matt. No, thanks for having me, Peter. It was a lot of fun. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. You know, before this interview, I was doing some research on net credit. When I asked Matt about how much of their underwriting is automated, I expected the answer that 100% is automated. So it's interesting to me that they uh, have taken an approach, despite all the masses of data that they have and all the history. I mean, obviously, they've done over a billion dollars themselves. But they've got all the history of Innova behind them and all the rich data. And he talked about was it 15 terabytes of data they have. It's interesting that they still find that human interaction important. And obviously, they've decided that it is worth the additional cost to have that contact with the borrowers. Very interesting uh, approach, and I'm sure it's one that uh, they continue to refine. But you can see when you're talking about the importance they place on that sort of the customer-centric approach and doing things in a way that is serving the borrower. And, you know, obviously some of that involves, you know, holding their hand through through this process. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening, and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Today's episode was sponsored by Lendit USA 2018, the world's leading event in financial services innovation. It's happening April 9 through 11, 2018 at Moscone West in San Francisco. It's going to be the largest ever fintech event held in the Bay Area with over 5,000 attendees expected. We'll be covering online lending, blockchain, digital banking, and much more. You can find out more by going to lendit.com slash USA.